Greetings! Welcome to the new episode of Dakota Boys Talk Movies. I'm Steven. And this is Dakota. And we're coming to you tonight to uh, give a review of Batman v Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice. Um, but before we get into that, uh, a few things, uh, pretty striking things in the news lately. One being, more recently, uh, Gary Shandling died, which uh, he was a pretty pretty popular comedian who actually, as of late, didn't really have a whole lot going on except for he showed up as a senator in a few of the Marvel Universe movies and then was revealed to be Hydra, which was kind of funny. Yeah, if you saw the last Captain America, you might remember him from there. Yeah, he was the he was the senator that whispered "Hail Hydra," <laughs> but more importantly, he was somewhat of an antagonist in Iron Man Two. Yeah, he was kind of more <laughs> or less the political antagonist. Yep. Um, but yeah, just uh, and as far as we know, so far they haven't really released what happened yet. But he's only sixty six, so yeah. Uh, another thing that's been going on in the news uh not really as important but has been causing a lot of stir mostly in the negative way is the <laughs> the the mobs are forming <laughs> the ghostbusters the ghostbusters trailer the torches have been lit oh wow that, break out the pitchforks and it has nothing to do with fe- the females and it has everything to do with the fact that they shouldn't have reminded us of the original one in the trailer and they shouldn't have teased the awesome theme from the original movies and i don't know it just in all the sliming <laughs> i don't know it just feels like it's going to be a mess <laughs> well one one kind of uh drawback i saw was just the really bad CGI reminded me of yeah, the it, Frighteners. Well, and, and that's that's something else I'd like to point out is that the original one, the effects are dated. But what was cool about the original one is uh, that movie was legitimately scary. Yeah. And I think you know, I think a lot of people forget that that movie was almost more of a horror comedy than just comedy. And, and I mean, we're using horror maybe a, a still a little bit liberally. But there was a lot of practical effects used in that original Ghostbusters with how the ghosts look. I mean, they kind of, I mean, it looked, they were creepy. Some of them were, like, legitimately creepy. And in this preview, it was, like, cartoons. Yeah. Those of you that have seen the movie will know that uh, the old lady in the library was pretty downright frightening. Yeah. Yeah. She starts out just by shushing, and then it goes downhill quick. Yeah, but um, but yeah, like I said, I don't know. It just seems uh, it it's again, it's it has nothing really to do with the casting so much as just everything else. And 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 ironically, I'm I watched it and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> and then I just thought maybe it's me. Like sometimes I don't get into the comedies these days, but then I realized that there was getting to be a lot of negative feedback for that. And and honestly, some of that's going to be just nostalgic. Like, you'll never replace my Ghostbusters. But it's a little bigger than that. There are some issues with that movie. But anyway, there's a couple things in the news that stuck out. But, again, we want to bring some trivia for for your listening pleasure while we try to stump each other. And tonight, since we're doing Batman v Superman... Just found some uh, trivia that had to do with that 
topic. So, Dakota, why don't you shoot me the first question you got? Actually, mine is kind of all over the place, sir. That's fine. But it directly relates to this movie. Well, there you go. So, all right. it's not all over then. If it directly relates. Are you ready? I'm ready. Originally, Superman couldn't fly in the comics. In what other incarnation of Superman did he fly? A. The Superman movie serials of the 1940s. B. The Superman radio show of the 1940s. C. The Superman cartoons done by Max Flesher. And D. None of the above. Which one did he fly in? Yes, which is the first one to have Superman fly. Oh, man. I want to say none of the above because in the Max Fleischer, doesn't he just jump? He does that. I'm going to say none of the above, even though I think I might be wrong because I, I don't because I've seen the Max Fleischers, but I only I can only picture him in my head like jumping really far. Yeah. So that's your final answer. That's my final answer. And you would be wrong, sir. It was the Max Fletcher cartoons. He does fly? Yeah, that's that's where he first flew. And the reason for that is animating him jumping, that's what they were going to have him do. Kind of like how they have Ant-Man being able to jump incredible distances. Yeah. Uh, It was incredibly hard to animate him doing that. So it was much easier to just have him fly up into the air. Oh, interesting. See, that's the thing. I can can only think of like a few of the different episodes where I just can't remember him kind of like... Like, was he flying or was he just hopping? Oh, that's funny. You got me on that one. Okay, here we go. How many times has Batman died in the comics? Oh, man. More than 10. Less than 10. More than 20. (laughs) Wow, okay. Um, Less than 10? You'd be wrong. It is more than 10. What? As far as I could find, it was more than 10, but less than 20. Wow. There's like, like a, over the years, has been at least like 12 to 15. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. I had possibly four maybe count. <laughs> well, and spoiler alert, let's pause for a second, or if you care about the new comics. Well, there, I just killed the spoiler because he <laughs> in Endgame. Yeah. And then Gordon takes over, right? Yeah, in his in the Iron our Batman suit, Iron Man suit, sorry. Yeah, which is an interesting twist there, but all right. So man, we're both uh we're both got the big goose egg so far. <laughs> we're both batting zero here. Yeah, batting. <laughs> all right. Alright, this is a Superman related question. Okay. What artist created the iconic look of Superman? Joe Suster uh, sorry. Joe Schuster, Jerry Sh- Jerry Siegel, Jerry Robinson, Bob Kane. Was it Schuster? Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> okay, because I knew Siegel like more or less <laughs> created him, but I th- yeah, he was he was the writer. Schuster was the drawer. Okay, man, I had it right. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know I had those guys straight. <laughs> uh, Jerry Robinson is the artist behind uh, a lot of Batman stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, Bob Kane is officially the creator of Batman. <laughs> Although they've been throwing finger on now. Yeah. He was on, in the movie we just watched, they threw him on there again. He's officially uh, back on the key, marquee there. But All right, mine is also Superman-related. This one is, is, is about the movies. Oh, okay. 
in the movies, like all the movies, okay. like Christopher Reeve, Brandon Routh, how many people <laughs> has Superman been responsible for killing? <laughs> oh, man. This is all the way up through Man of Steel. <laughs> One? <laughs> isn't that isn't that officially the number? <laughs> it's technically incalculable. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> because of Man of Steel, we don't know how many he killed. But I also would have accepted ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Because a lot of people forget that he killed the original Zod, too. Yeah. He pushed him into that hole. Um, but then over just the course of the movies... Um, this is counting also when in Superman Returns when he creates that new island land, that big rock thing falls and smashes those guys. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so they're like they're kind of counted those deaths, <laughs> but Man of Steel kind of makes it incalculable. Uh, Apparently, it's in the thousands according to this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe even more. Who knows? Maybe hundreds of thousands. All right, let's get another one here for me. All right, another Superman one. Okay. Superman has taken on a variety of different opponents over the years. Okay. Which of these people (laughs) slash fictional characters has Superman not fought? Not? Not not fought. Okay. A, the alien from Alien. (laughs) B, Adolf Hitler. C, the Hulk. And D, Dracula. Hulk as in the Hulk from Marvel Comics. Right. What was the first one? The Alien from Alien. Yeah, I that one. The Alien from Aliens, the Xenomorph, is my final answer. That is wrong, sir. Is it the Hulk? No, <laughs> he has fought the Hulk as well. Who did? Who? He has not taken on Dracula. Batman has the distinction of taking on Dracula. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I knew, I knew there was a Dracula. That was Batman? Okay. You got me on that one. And he was seen in various comics in the 40s punching Hitler's lights out. So. Yeah, and I knew that. That's why <laughs> just, that was good propaganda. Originally, I wanted to go with the Predator, but I don't know. Because he's fought the Predator, too. Oh, really? Along Jeez. with Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty much taken on everyone at this point, yeah. except for Jesus. They gotta, Yeah, they got to get new people for him to take on. But All right, here's another Superman one for you. Which of the following powers for any era Superman is the fake one? So which power has he never had over all the years? Okay. Super mathematics, super eating, <laughs> super intuition. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, super mathematics? He's had that. Oh, what? Yep, he's had that. So you were wrong. It is super intuition. He's had things like telekinesis and things like that but never oh, intuition man. but there's i found it there's a comic like i think the front of the comic is even him just like with a pile of hamburgers in front of him and he's just downing them oh, they just did so many crazy things over the years with superheroes was that in the silver age by chance i think it was actually oh man they got crazy back then <laughs> oh man all right you ready for another one i am <laughs> maybe <laughs> What actor turned down the role of Superman because he was afraid of the Superman curse? Hmm. Superman curse, huh? And I have some I have some options here. A. Okay. 
David Boreanaz from Bones fame. B, Jim Caviezel. C, Paul Walker. D, Josh Hartnett. Mm. A few of those I know have kind of been thought of at times, but turned it down for Hartnett? Uh, no. Okay, this is what my gut was telling me. <laughs> Let's see if my gut was right. My gut thought David Boreanaz. Oh, yeah, you were wrong, too. He... Oh, I would have been wrong with my gut, even. Okay. <laughs> Both Hartnett and uh, Boreanaz turned down the role of Batman, but for two different movies. Uh, it was actually Paul Walker who turned down the role of Superman because he was afraid of the Superman curse. And I would have been afraid of his horrible acting. <laughs> <laughs> is Which, it too, too soon? It it is ironic because he did die at the age of forty. So had he taken the role of Superman, it would have just added to the mythos of this curse. Batman, <laughs> right? What what were we talking? Was it the role of Batman or Superman? You were just Superman. Asking? Oh, <laughs> I had Batman in my head. Oh, I was way off. Anyway, yeah, Josh Josh Hartnett was up for Superman for. Uh, the Wolfgang Peterson movie, Batman vs. Superman. But didn't Nolan want him for Batman at one point? Yeah, which he turned down. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. And now he basically quit Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. I got... This is a Batman one. Okay. In the movies. No. Never mind. Wrong one. <laughs> I was reading one I already did. Okay. This isn't, this isn't the movies. This is just Batman lore. What has Bruce Wayne himself stated as Batman's slash his worst weakness? And I'm going to be a little liberal on your answer because... Oh, man, his weakness, (laughs) huh? This is like what he considers his weakness. Not necessarily what other people may say, but Bruce Wayne stated (laughs) in the comics that this is what he thinks his weakness is. An attractive woman in a revealing dress. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. But you were on the right track. <laughs> okay. It was interacting with people. Oh, okay. Slash seeing the good in people. It was, oh. It's just kind of that idea of just like his weakness is basically just having to deal with people. <laughs> Which is why, uh, you know, it's Nolan even used the idea in his movies where uh, Bruce Wayne's actual mask is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Because of the fact that he just doesn't like people. But all right, give me your. We got one more. I actually got a couple more. I only got one more. <laughs> oh. Uh, this one is actually a Wonder Woman related question. Oh, that's what I got too. I got a Wonder Woman one. Oh, too. okay. Uh, I should should I skip that one? No, that's fine. <laughs> during, we, we could just end on Wonder Woman ones. During the 1990s, producer Joel Silver continually tried to get a wonder woman movie made it's probably good that didn't happen (laughs) who was his first choice to play the title character sandra bullock selma hayek jennifer love hewitt or courtney cox courtney cox Ooh, so close sandra bullock sandra bullock yeah. Somebody wanted Courtney Cox for Wonder Woman at one point, though, didn't they? Yeah, 
I think. Must not have been Joel Silver. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh, Sandra man. Bullock, huh? Yeah, that's who he was. She's trying... like too nice. How is she going to get punched? <laughs> that's Joel Silver, though. He's kind of. I, I guess they were going to try to go for something along the lines of uh, Christopher Reeves type he, character. Yeah, that's true. He's. So here we go. Here's my last one. What year was Wonder Woman created? Give you the old date one for my last one. What year was she created? 1941. Wow, right on the money. 1941. Probably why they dressed her in red, white, and blue, huh? Since (laughs) it was the beginning of the war for America to be involved in the war. In case any of you Europeans are listening, I understand that the war was already going on before <laughs> America got involved. <laughs> so, yes, 1941. All right. So, yeah, so there was our trivia for tonight. Uh, hopefully you learned something. Something that may one day win you something awesome on Jeopardy or <laughs> Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, if that's still on. <laughs> uh, but I think with that, we'll we'll go into our review now. Of Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice. Today is a day for truth. The world needs to know what happened and to know what he stands for. That kind of power is very dangerous. Let the record show that this committee holds him responsible. That's how it starts. The fever. The rage that turns good men. Cruel. This bat vigilante is like a one-man reign of terror. You don't get to decide what the right thing is. Nobody cares about Clark Kent taking on the Batman. This means something. It's all some people have. It's all that gives them hope. People hate what they don't understand. Be their hero, Clark. Be their angel. Be their monument. Be anything they need you to be. Or be none of it. You don't owe this world a thing. You never did. You know, I still don't know why they didn't just use the verses instead of the V. I actually found that out. Would you like to know why? Or would you like to keep it a mystery? (laughs) It had to do with uh, just uh, in tradition when you'd have a... Not tradition. Well, it's kind of the right word. Traditionally in the court system. That's how it's labeled when you have two people in, in a trial, you know, like like uh, the big one, the famous court trial, Roe v. Wade. Oh, okay. You know, in America or, you know, in a court in a court hearing, that's how you say it. And so he wanted to have that same thing where it was like Batman was kind of putting Superman on trial. And so they wanted to have it have that trial feel. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So there's your answer. All right. <laughs> Now we just need to get everyone else on the internet on the same page here, friends. So tell your 
Tell everyone you know. <laughs> so here we are. We're coming out of seeing this movie now. A movie that isn't necessarily a critic, sweetheart, but we won't worry about that right now. But apparently when it was shown, when a rough cut was shown to the executives at Warner Brothers, they gave it a standing ovation and praised Ben Affleck. So granted, these are the guys who have the money behind it. <laughs> well, I think the same thing happened at Comic-Con too. They, uh, they supposedly showed the actual fight between Batman versus Superman and it was all Warner Brothers. It wasn't open to the public, though. Keep in mind that. It was just uh, people who worked for Warner Brothers involved with the movie. Sure. And supposedly the crowd just went wild once it ended. Um, so I don't know. It's uh, The man on the street seems to like this movie. Uh, the critics, however, are just tearing it to pieces. Yeah, this is, this is your average... Uh... This is kind of your average. It wasn't made for the critics. It's kind of I straight out of Compton. No matter how you feel about it, the coolest quote I heard about that movie was when it was kind of in upset because it didn't get any Oscar nominations. Probably my favorite quote was by Ice Cube. It was like, "Well, we didn't make this for them. We made it for the people." It's like, well, that's a good way to look at it. You know, that's like whatever. We didn't make it for. You know, we didn't make it for the critics and the and the awards. We made it for the people to see the story. So, yeah, Ice Cube. Uh, I don't know. I think he was. Uh, you could say he was kind of didn't really care about the Oscars be- just because of the fact that the movie made ten times what it cost to make the movie. So he was standing. Him and his he was a producer on this movie. So he right, was, yeah, he, he was. Had- Standing on a huge pile of money. He had a lot of money in it, and he, but he made way more money back. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to all the no- Oscar nominees. I mean, if you if you added up the totals of them. Which is why sometimes those smaller movies want the Oscar attention, because it helps them get money back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, notice us. We're a $2 million movie that only made $10,000. <laughs> and then all of a sudden... You slap a best picture on the front, and there you go. You got yeah. your money back. But back on subject here, this movie was more or less made for the fans, kind of. Yeah, well, this this movie isn't going for awards, but was it was it everything that we still hoped it would be? Did it hold up to some of the standards set before it? We have a new Bat- Batman introduced. We have kind of a middling movie before this that set up this universe, you know, where it kind of made you go, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Did this movie do that? And that's what we want to talk about tonight. So one of the first things that comes to mind when I think of just the if this movie worked and things like that would probably be <laughs> Ben Affleck. He was, uh, you know, earlier we had talked about the Ghostbusters being almost in a way universally hated with a few people saying, give it a chance. That was kind of Ben Affleck uh, a year and a half ago. Oh, man. Whenever, when, when was he cast? Well, probably something like that. Yeah, it was a little over a year and a half ago. And it's kind of crazy because he kind of, his his character pretty much stole this movie from Superman in a way. He did. And... 
and this isn't a spoiler. This is still a Superman movie. Um, and the reason I don't think it's a spoiler is that I think Zack Snyder even alluded to that at one point. Like, this is still a Superman movie. And in a lot of ways it is. But it's called Dawn of Justice also. Yeah. And, uh, and they wanted to make sure they introduced you know, the new Batman, you know, cause that's the other thing too, is that Batman is a character we've already had a few different times on screen. And so to bring him in, I think they just wanted to, um, give him a proper introduction and, and I, I, how they did it. I liked how they did his origin in this. Cause they did his origin without having to do his origin. And what I mean was that they just kind of used the opening sequence to kind of give you in a way what you already knew, but in light of this new universe and who this Bruce Wayne Batman is. Yeah, that's, you know, people kind of criticize, quote-unquote, Zack Snyder's film style. Uh huh. He makes these really cool opening, opening parts to his movies. Uh, Dawn of the Dead had that really cool part showing the world just to send into chaos, accompanied by Johnny Cash's song. He apparently just needs to direct (laughs) title sequences. (laughs) Uh, The one from Watchmen was probably one of the best opening sequences of any movie I had seen in a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that kind of gave you a history of that universe. And this one, it I was... didn't see Sucker Punch. How was that opening sequence? Oh, you, you don't want to know. Let's, <laughs> we're moving on. We're moving on. But <laughs> I'm guessing nope. it had a lot of teenage girls dancing. It was... <laughs> That's what it seemed like every preview for that movie was. I'm not even sure how to describe it. <laughs> That's okay. Don't work too hard. It was something out of an emo 16-year-old girl's dream. I know that movie was like... I think it was like Zack Snyder's Fever Dream was Damn. that movie or something. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Man of Steel didn't really have like a big opening thing. We kind of just you kind of come into Clark wandering, and then it just has a lot of flashbacks. Yeah, and uh, it did make it did make Man of Steel kind of you kind of lurched your way into that movie, and I think maybe some of it was because he didn't do kind of his his usual maybe that opening is kind of his a good way for him to kind of come into a movie because i thought it worked fine in this yeah and i did i do always have always felt that man of steel's is kind of a lurching opening where it's like here he is with a beard and then they just kind of like at random spots it flashes back yeah it uh but uh kind of right off the bat we're speaking of man of steel uh this movie opens up kind of in a different way for us because we're seeing things that happened in Man of Steel, except on the ground level, like what, what people were experiencing. And then it was a little jarring because you're like, oh, my God, it really hits home that people are people were really dying. Yeah, he kind of used the, the thing a, a lot of us criticize in Man of Steel, just the destruction of Metropolis. And, and like Dakota said, it was cool because you're seeing the familiar shots from Man of Steel, like, the ship kind of smashing into the side of a skyscraper or the 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 pieces of of the explosion coming where they almost look like meteors and then Bruce looks up and he sees Zod and Superman in front of it fighting you know the things we saw from from Zod and Superman's point of view in the last movie we're now seeing from Bruce's point of view and and it's it's really cool cuz it sets up Batman quite a bit cuz he's looking around just going 
oh my gosh, <laughs> everything's yeah. in chaos, and he's he's just seeing everything being destroyed and people screaming, and uh, you know you just and then yeah, just kind of him just going. There shouldn't there shouldn't be someone this powerful that we just allowed it with this type of freedom. Yeah, um, just coming in from my point of view, I thought the the fight in Metropolis at the end of Man of Steel was pretty cool. And then you look at this and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have been cheering for <laughs> for the fight to get well, more intense. It, it's and- kind of like the uncomfortableness of uh, of Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor. Where the way he filmed the bombing of Pearl Harbor, it was like, whoa, cool! <laughs> but then you step back and go, no. Yeah. No, it's it's the it's the sink, it's the Arizona going down full of men. And it's like, it just feels like he worked too hard to make that uh, cool shots. When it was actually a significant actual event in human history. Um, but yeah, it was kind of the same thing where... Yeah, you do kind of step back, and you're seeing it from, yeah, just uh, your average person point of view. Um, but yeah, that 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 was kind of cool um, to kind of have that perspective change, uh, uh, you know, in this to where you see it from that angle, but not just that; it sets up Batman's character. Yeah, one thing that. A lot of people were kind of talking about before this movie even came out that I'm glad they avoided in this one. You realize kind of along as the movie goes along that Bruce has made up his mind. He's going after Superman. Yes. And before there was a lot of talk of how, oh, he was going to try to try to fill out Superman and see, figure out if he's good or bad or he has the potential to become bad. And then it hits home that oh man he is he is in this to the end, and it's that's one thing that kind of really uh, I really liked about Ben Affleck's Batman because it shows him training and it's like whoa this is not the Batman we're used to. No, seeing. he's like literally doing chin ups with like two hundred pounds chained to his legs. <laughs> it's just like okay, you know this is like full fledged hardcore introvert Batman. <laughs> Or it's just like he's down in the Batcave just like brooding and like getting just jacked because <laughs> he's going to be taking on um, a god in a sense, you know. And um, Yeah, but as far as uh, uh, Batgate or whatever they called the, <laughs> the Ben Affleck thing, um, honestly, he was one of the highlights of the movie, just his Batman and uh i don't know he just kind of had a presence that that worked where i think of you know like this isn't i'm not comparing i'm just saying let's just say that christian bale was still in this movie i don't know it would have been hard to picture christian bale's batman in this world and not to, and i'm not comparing cuz i i still like christian bale's batman a lot i'm just saying okay this is the world we have now would the way Christian Bale played it have worked here? I don't know. Dude, it would have had they almost would have had to have changed him, and it would have been more jarring because he would have been acting different. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, I, I guess I was just I was pleasantly surprised just by how how he was and and how that worked and 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 things like that. 
Um, there, it's kind of hard to tell too much more of the story than we kind of gave you the setup for you know why they fight, which you kind of know. But the rest of the story gets pretty involved with a lot of moving parts because you got kind of the storyline that feeds this movie, but then you have all these other kind of setup storylines for things to come. So there's kind of a lot of things going on. So I think what we should probably rather talk about here is do you think that Zack Snyder kept all those pieces in the, did he, how was his juggling? <laughs> did you think that worked? Oh man. Uh, well, before I say anything, I'm going to be honest here. This is a big movie. And when I mean big, I mean, it's long. Yes. And, and there's a lot of stuff going on. It's like on. 151 minutes. Yeah. So don't drink too much before you go see this movie. Which we did. <laughs> we drank like a huge cup the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. I was I was trying to hold out as long as I could, but eventually I had to run to the bathroom. Well, you know, with that being said, yeah, Zack Snyder. Uh, we do see some of the other heroes that are going to be showing up in the in the uh, Justice League movie. But I thought that the time that they spent on them was like so minuscule; it didn't really count. Yeah. Like, it didn't really affect the movie. I mean, yeah, we got to see a cool scene where we see Flash and Aquaman. Those were just kind of like little, kind of like little tidbits that were just cool to see. And Yeah, and the way it was done, since they were able to kind of feed that into the storyline of this movie, I didn't, it didn't, at least in the moments of seeing it, it didn't feel contrived. Like, well, we got to work that in. Because some and and I'm and some of you maybe even all of you know what I mean. Where sometimes it's like there's all of a sudden something in the movie that doesn't fit and it's just kind of like thrown in because they want it to be there. But everything they, yeah, pretty much everything I can th- think of right off the top of my head that's in this movie that kind of has a ten that's going to be a that is basically alluding to something more kind of flowed. It didn't. It wasn't like. Well, we'll just throw that in, so you know, so they know that's coming, you know, or something like that, um, where it just kind of had had a flow to the storyline of this movie. Yeah, one thing that uh, I kind of wish is that I wish I could have seen the quote unquote R rated version of this movie that we won't get to see till it comes out in Blu Ray because they cut out so much of this movie, and I have a feeling it was more just things with Batman, and I like how they did this Batman. Because it does kind of make you wonder if that's what if that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, his his batarangs are pretty much like ninja stars in this movie and that's it may it may sound kind of cool till you actually see it and then you realize he is like seriously hurting people in this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's Which, true. But at the same time, one thing that I thought just blew my mind, this isn't Michael Keaton's Batman in that he's <laughs> completely limited in his movement he was taking on like three four guys at one point in time in this movie and it didn't he seem could like, turn his head <laughs> yeah it didn't seem like he it didn't one of them wasn't like standing there while the uh, while just one of them was trying to punch him they all came at him at once and he took them head on and part of it is what i noticed with his suit was it wasn't armored yeah like, and I'm not talking about the one he fought Superman in that you've seen the preview, but like his normal, when I'm just being Batman, uh, suit, it was just like, 
a covering thing and it was like no that's not you know it's almost like batman's way of saying i i'll take care of myself (laughs) you know like i don't need all that extra covering and 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 they made a batman that you believe he can take care of himself but at the same time like if something hurts you see him hurt (laughs) you know hurt through it so yeah but let's uh let's go into we there you know there were some familiar faces in this movie from man of steel you had obviously henry cavill and then uh Amy Adams back as Lois Lane, Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White once again. Um, his assistant Jenny was <laughs> in it. I'm trying to think who? Uh, well, Diane Lane as Martha Kent. Um, and another familiar face. I was kind of surprised to see. Yes. Uh, did you? I don't know. How'd you feel like? The progression of, like, especially, like, we'll just take, like, Clark. We'll just call him Clark. <laughs> and Lois. How did you feel about that transition of where we left them off from Man of Steel to where they are now? Do you feel like... I actually thought it was pretty nice. I mean, we're too used to seeing, like, the whole scene where Lois, Clark, they meet. She doesn't know he's Superman. She's She's in love with... Superman, but we'll ignore Clark. Yeah, I'm glad they skipped over all that because ugh, I think I think we've all seen just way too much of that on on screen. Yeah, and I'm glad they're they're kind of just in a couple. They yeah, make, they make a cute couple too. I will give them that a lot. Yeah, you're right because a lot of Superman movies do this thing where it's like, oh, I, I love Spider Man, you know, but then like <laughs> Peter Parker's kind of in the you know like, well, she loves the other person, or you know, even with Superman in the past or. Yeah, with the, but I mean, obviously, in Man of Steel, you know, she she finds out she knows exactly who he is, and uh, yeah, it it does kind of free that up to not be so like, oh boy, <laughs> you know, because it's like, and I think part of it too is just the fact that if she actually is an ace reporter, can't she? Yeah, <laughs> to, can't can't she figure out the two plus two is equaling four here? Yeah, you know, and so, um, it kind of helps someone who fit that again too. Someone from Man of Steel who I thought was kind of kind of injected a little bit of comedy here was uh the Perry White character. He kinda kinda yeah. threw some humor into there. There's there's this kind of quote he makes about Gotham City and then in in a, in another kind of thing says, In other breaking news, water wet. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> crime is crime is high in Gotham. In other news, water is wet. It's just it's just one of those he kinda his sarcastic humor I thought was actually my actually kinda was like a dose of fresh air in this movie. Yeah, my favorite thing that he said was when he's like chewing at Clark about something he's like, It isn't nineteen thirty eight anymore because it's like isn't that the year that Yeah. That was funny they kinda alluded back to the year he came to be, but yeah, he was pretty good. Another character that I found myself really enjoying um, in the moments they were in was Jeremy Irons Alfred. Yes. He did a, I, I'll just throw this out there. I, I like Jeremy Irons. He, he's just a great, he just has one of those, like, I think part of it is just that some of those theatrically trained people who transition well into movies, um, he's one of those who did that. And so he just kind of has that presence 
you know, and then he has that that trademark voice of his. <laughs> and so just kind of having, you know, like his presence there is and the other thing I loved about Alfred was that we're kind of past that overly serious mentor Alfred and it's like this Alfred was like a colleague to Bruce. Like he worked yeah. he worked with him in some ways was an equal, but you still felt that like kind of older wiser person at moments when he's like you know and i think part of the reason like maybe he didn't seem so much was that we have an older bruce wayne here yeah where it's like these two have now been doing the batman thing for 20 years you know more or less and so it's like they're kind of like an old married couple (laughs) maybe in a way you know where it's like you know like kind of come back in the bat cave he's like well it's not the voice changer's fault you know and like they just kind of immediately break into a conversation like you know with what they're doing and so yeah i don't i just found that kind of a a good fit i do hope that um alfred does get utilized a little more in, in the future than you know than kind of where he had to be in this movie but yeah for this movie he had to be where he was and kind of things like that but yeah i do you know it's is it still up in the air are they actually gonna do a ben affleck line of batman movies or no the the latest that i just heard was that it's happening oh and i think like jeff johns is gonna work on the script with him wow which that was another thing david s goyer as far as i know this is like the last one he's kind of going to be involved with with writing you know that that's i'm actually kind of glad to hear that a little bit yeah like for those you don't know he's kind of been one of the story slash screenwriters for the batman movies since batman begins yeah and he was actually supposed to even he wrote a bunch of scripts that never for comic book movies start with the dc comics people uh that never got made. There was Supermax where Green Arrow was supposed to be thrown in this maximum security prison with all these villains. Yeah. Uh, he was supposed to have done the Flash movie with Ryan Reynolds. Um, God, there was one other thing he was working on, too, that never got made. And the other thing that he kind of spearheaded on the Marvel side was the Blade trilogy. Oh, yeah. he wrote- To the point where he directed the last one, even. Which, yeah, I think we'll just leave it at that. But, yeah, and so, um, again, there was just, like, you had a lot of things going on, and you had a lot of new characters introduced. Um, But, I don't know, I was just, I was, I was pretty impressed with the fact that everyone seemed to have a moment... Or, or more than a moment, depending on who they were. And that it all, for the most part, there was mostly had a natural kind of flow to it. Yeah, uh, I know one actor who's taking a lot of heat right now for this movie is uh, is Lex Luthor himself. You know, we all thought uh, Jesse Eisenberg was going to be playing uh, pretty much Mark Zuckerberg again except you know to be fair more hateful and to be fair a little bit (laughs) with a lot more money and in this he's just he goes from just kind of smug and condescending to to kind of vindictive to just 
coming off as a spoiled brat, and then towards the end you realize just how crazy slash just brilliant he is. Yeah, the, he's more complicated than than you initially kind of think, I guess is probably the best way to put it. And Yeah, personally, I thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah, he was still a little distracting to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was still, like, distracting. Yeah, he's... He but had... it was better than I thought it was going to be, his yeah. performance. I mean, he wasn't hamming it up like Kevin Spacey did, so there was that. It's true. But he's he's no Michael Rosenbaum. What I thought was interesting was at one point, the I think I don't remember if it was the producers of the studio, after seeing Cloud Atlas, wanted Tom Hanks for really? Lex Luthor. I think it was just kind of a, a real. It probably didn't last long because I'm sure <laughs> Hanks was just like no. <laughs> uh, I would I would suspect Hugo Weaving from that movie really. Well, I see. I never saw Cloud Atlas, but for some oh. reason. There was must have been something in that movie where Tom it just struck them. Did he play kind of an eccentric in that or a uh, nutty? He, he kind of played eccentric? a lot of characters. That's true. There wasn't everybody in that movie. Practically five people. Yeah, <laughs> he he made he did a pretty interesting British accent. <laughs> interesting as it not very good or no, it was enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, uh... he he was in one scene. I don't know why they decided to do this. They had him uh, starring in a movie, which was in this movie, uh, that depicted another character in this movie's life. So it's kind of confusing, but at the same time, it's like you were pretty much watching him just do his take on that character, and I it kind of blows your mind because it's like I don't think I've ever seen this done in film before. Well, there you go. But speaking of a movie that was a mess, seemed like Cloud Atlas gets a lot of <laughs> yeah. flack for being a mess, but. Um, but just overall, uh, you know, there's there's some other bit players in this, but I I don't know if overall I thought the acting was pretty well. Everybody, you know, again Eisenberg was probably the most distracting, but I thought everyone else was pretty. You know, Scott McNary, yeah, um, has a pretty interesting role in this movie, um, in the role he plays, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I just just found everybody pretty fitting and entertaining to watch i guess yeah just uh well you know there's there's kind of a lot of criticism going in this movie uh let's just ignore all that what 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 were your strongest points what what did you like most about this what i like what were my strongest points with this movie yeah oh gal uh probably i i think probably i was just what i just the story in general, I thought that I wasn't sure how they were going to do this story for this. It felt like it was going to have to, like, that second trailer really just threw me for a loop. And it felt like it was going to be such a simplistic story that how is this going to work? And then Eisenberg, <laughs> you know, being in, but when I went to this movie and I saw that this story what there was this story was bigger than i thought there was more scope to it and that the setup that i was also worried about actually worked within this i thought that ended up being one of the more enjoyable things about it was just the fact that it had a really engage i don't know i i really like cared about what was going on 
Yeah. And so that ended up making it probably the strongest thing in the movie. That and just the fact that it visually looked sweet. Yeah. This movie looked great. Um, and I honestly didn't expect that either. Because even though he's a visual filmmaker, I don't like how bleak his movies always work. But I felt like... Yeah, one thing a lot kind of... of pos- he kind of pinched in a little bit more color in this one. Yeah, uh... There was just a lot of talk about how this movie was going to take place at night, which I th- I thought odd because this is <laughs> up until the last Batman movie we had. The only time you've seen Batman is at night. So that's something to keep in mind, people. So yeah, he com- is. I mean, he is a night. He's a bat. Yeah. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, One thing that just kind of floored me was. Obviously, Superman, Batman v Superman is the title here. So we do eventually get down to the fight between the two of them. And I thought that was pretty cool in that Batman kind of just lays out all these traps. Uh, Superman kind of just takes them in stride. And then they just go at it with one another. And that kind of just blew my mind. There's some, some of the fight scenes in this are just so visceral. It was just like. Like, you could feel some of the hits. Yeah. And uh, and I guess another strong thing I'd give this movie, be, and maybe this was, again, strong because I thought it was not going to be very good, was Gal Gadot. We haven't yeah. talked about her yet as Wonder Woman. I really enjoyed her. Yeah, she got a lot more screen time than people people would have thought. She's... Yeah, it was, and, not, and even just as being Diana Prince, she had a lot of screen time even, you know, like you kind of get to like meet her and things like that. And so I found her, found her enjoyable in this. And of course you've seen it in the previews. We get the shot where this is the first time in a movie with the Trinity, as they call them, has been together on the screen. And, uh, that's, that was pretty cool to, uh, to see. Um, but as far yeah, um, We'll, we'll, we're going to wrap up here pretty quick. Um, but I guess first is like, just any other thoughts on this? To go, like, what was probably some of your weakest? I My weakest, I I know what, my, what I think is the weakest thing about this movie. What's that? The score. Oh, yeah. I didn't really care for the music. Yeah. The score wasn't very good. They, Hans, this wasn't Hans Zimmer's finest hour. They I don't even think there was really any original score in this. I think it was they just reused things from Man of Steel, didn't they? Well, they, they? made it. No. They, I mean, Hans Zimmer made a big deal about working on this movie. With, brought in Junkie XL because he didn't want to take it on himself. Oh, okay. And I really felt like I'm like. Because, I mean, the, the cool, probably the, the two thing. Well, I didn't like the Lex Luthor theme. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, and, that kinda... and Wonder Woman's I actually didn't mind. I thought her theme was kind of cool. Um, but since he refused to introduce Batman's theme in this, you were kind of left with the rest being kind of a recycled Man of Steel. But in this, and so it was like, I don't know, and it was just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, it's the... almost like it might as well not even been there or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was just kind of weird. They but... should have just recycled the music from the Dark Knight. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Maybe something like that. So yeah, it's um, yeah. Did you have any weakest? Um, God, off the top of my head, I don't know. I guess 
I guess the the runtime was a little distracting. That's but true. It was a I, little long. I, I think this might be one of those movies that I might enjoy better at home. Sure. Which I mean, is, I which, understand that. Which is yeah. where I'm going to be seeing a majority of this movie after this. <laughs> That's where, if you like a movie, a majority of the time you see a movie is at home. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Doomsday kind of looking like the cave troll from Lord of the Rings was a little distracting. To be fair, the visual effects were done by Weta Digital. Yeah. Which and... did Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, I will say that he does transition out of cave troll, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's true. Like the the visual effects for Doomsday weren't as good as some of the other things in the movie. Yeah, like yeah. he felt a little more cartoony <laughs> than some of the other things. But um, but I think now we'll just like go into just rating on on the letter scale. Like, what would you give this? I'm gonna go B plus. B plus. Okay. Yeah. And and I've kind of settled I th- on I think I'm just gonna give it just a straight B, um, and honestly, just with where my heart was going into this movie, I was thinking like I don't know this is probably gonna be like to use the letter scale probably like a, in the C minus <laughs> range, and um, it wasn't perfect, but my goodness, it was a lot more impressive than I thought it was gonna be, and I was pleasantly surprised and. And, you know, we talked about on previous episodes, like, I really, I said, like, I really hope this is good. You know, you want it to be good. And, uh, and it was, it was, it was enjoyable. Um, you know, there's things that it could have done a lot better. (laughs) You know, I will, I will say this though. The movie's kind of a triumph in the way that one, it didn't disappoint. And two, it left you wanting more. It did. It did leave me. Wanting more. I didn't leave going, I want to watch this movie again, like, right now. That's what happened to me after Force Awakens. But it did it did leave me with, like, okay, I want to know what's going to happen next. And par- that's partially what this movie needed to do. And so uh, yeah, that's off to Snyder, I guess. They're building everything off of this, folks. This is where it all starts. Yeah. Yeah. And in our opinion, that mostly worked. That mostly worked, which was, uh, which was nice. <laughs> But I think with that, we'll just close out this episode. So um, remember to check us out um, on Facebook. Like us on there for all the updates and things like that. Uh, but also, just if you could subscribe to us on YouTube or iTunes or all that stuff, that's awesome. We like that. And it's been nice to see more and more people checking us out and having things like that. Um, I can kind of keep an eye on that a little bit. And it's just nice to, uh, to see people checking it out. You know, And if you enjoy it, uh, make sure you tell your friends or your enemies. <laughs> there we'll, you go. Maybe our show will help you become friends, something like that. Uh, but yeah, hopefully you do those things and give us feedback, whether it's thumbs up, thumbs down on the episode, but also just like what you'd want to see more on the show, what you want to see less of on the show, um, anything like that. So with that, uh, this is Steven. And this is Dakota. We'll catch you later.